So I want to make sure that you didn't sit in my chair naked. I did not. Okay. I did not. No, I, I had my first night without my wife uh, or my daughter in the house for, in, in many, many years. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. You're explaining for our listeners. I was indeed, just like, okay. Yeah, and I, I did wander around the house completely naked for like an hour, but I did not. I mean, I did put it out there for you to do it. I think everyone should at one point walk around their own place naked. You have to be clear, not to sit in your chair naked, but to <laughs> wander in the house. Yeah. No, I didn't teabag right. your chair. Oh, Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock, the show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, hello. What's going on, guys? It's Brian here with Neighbors Don't Knock. And with me, as always, and fully dressed, Philip Goffrey. Completely clothed. All the way. Not even, like, pants down. I know. We have okay. no video to prove it this time. But, <laughs> but, but no, I'm, I'm dignified today. That's all right. I, it, we're usually not dignified when we sit down to record. So. No, no, we lack dignity. Oh, difference. there we go. Okay, so words escape me today. Um, but we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We are in our season four episode. I even forget. What episode are we in? We're in episode six. S- episode six. Yeah. Episode six. We have a great neighbor that's coming by today. Or is actually here. He's just kind of looking at us right now. It's a little awkward. So, so we're gonna we're gonna bring him on. Uh, we want to welcome our neighbor for stopping by, Mr. Will Ritchie. Will, what's going on, man? You know, just living life to the fullest every <laughs> single day, uh, full throttle, just nonstop. That that's like the like the go to answer for anything, right? Like when you're in a good mood, is it, is it when you're given any interview? If you give that answer, they they just must think your life rocks. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I wrote on my hand. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's been uh, Keanu Reeves' entire philosophy about interviews since he first came to stardom, right? Just like anytime he's asked a question, oh, it's pretty good, man. It's awesome. It's pretty, <laughs> well, what, what was the uh, the NBA, every NBA player's like phrase that they use when they asked a question in the media? It was consensual. <laughs> Besides that one, I thought it was uh, one one game at a time, man. Just take it one game at a time. That, that is the one. <laughs> That's that the, is the one, one that everyone's. Uh, I'm just taking it one day at a time, man. I like watching teams beat the Houston Rockets, and they're like, they're a really good team out there, man. They did their best. Uh, they tried really hard. Uh, I really like their shoes. Like they just gotta go for anything that they can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the people that brought us water they were super nice you know? <laughs> good host oh my god yeah with a houston rockets poor houston we're, we're horrible uh but you know what our teams here are doing you know poorly but well you are not originally from houston no so living up in buffalo uh and i know we've talked about this uh off the air off of our podcast but you are now acclimated to houston weather yes completely <laughs> so you're not you're not looking to go visit anytime soon or catch the next outdoor football game uh no no i don't think so uh i think i'm gonna i think i'm just gonna look at pictures uh, (laughs) admire um, from afar oh it does look gorgeous look at all that white yeah Yeah, anybody not from north or not from like country areas the two things they don't understand is snow is only pretty in pictures and deer are only pretty on video and in pictures. Otherwise, they're both nuisances. I, I will say that I, d- I didn't really learn how like much of a nuisance deer were until I went to Austin to visit my brother. And they don't scare, the, or at least the deer around there, they don't scare very easily. 
they at night, like eight o'clock, they end up like just coming into all the yards. Yeah, it's like those, just, are those like, your bushes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like They're mine, hey, my <laughs> bushes, our bushes, <laughs> yes. exactly right. It's like the feeding trough. You know? <laughs> oh, look at the flowers I planted; those will last a week. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what makes me nervous? If you anyone who has like dogs that they let out in their yard, now you really have to be aware of what they're eating. Right, because everyone's dog goes and like chews up things outside, right? And you imagine they're just eating deer shit, dude. They eat any shit. Why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what. Well, it's like cross species <laughs> crap. I don't know. Can't be any better, right? It's, it's so like, can it be much worse? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 look at where we actually are going to talk about today. Today we're going to be jumping into a little bit of what Joe Rogan is spouting about, you know, speaking of podcasting and being part of a podcast. And poop. And poop, yep. Uh, We are also going to look at the AR and VR experience and, you know, decide, is it really coming to movie theaters or should it? We're going to tackle those questions. And, you know, Will has a little bit of neighborly advice that you are not going to want to miss at the end of this episode. Um, So let's just start with a little bit of Joe Rogan. Everyone in the world knows who Joe Rogan is. King of podcasts by far. Whatever you feel about the guy. Well, okay. Well, you can call him king of podcasts if you want. Highest paid podcaster, I guess, if. Or one one of of them, you know, larger. Yeah, he gets 11 million downloads per episode. It's pretty awesome. And, and, you know, it's, I think it's great. But, you know, he's in the news for uh, he had a, a addressed a, a couple of issues that came out and apologized for them for using racial slurs multiple times. And these were not and let's just be clear. These were not racial slurs that he recently used. This was stuff that was kind of dug up, but was on his podcast. I, you know, this is from NBCNews.com. Um, He states, it's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast. It's all smushed together and it looks effing horrible, even to me, Rogan says. Uh, He explained that though he used the N-word in the past, he hasn't used the slur in years. And then he goes on to quote, I know that to most people, there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say the word. Never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now, Rogan says. And quote. So, I mean, do you think he's sincerely sorry? No. No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not going to say that I'm the biggest Joe Rogan fan, but are we, is this just another lineup of somebody in Hollywood saying the next thing and putting their foot in their mouth or something being dug up from years ago. I mean, I mean, the thing is that 12 years ago was 2010. Like that's not, that's not ancient history. That's, that's well, that's true. The age of the fifties here. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Of podcasts. Like that's, (laughs) he's, he was old enough to know better from day one. So in terms of the context, was he actually calling somebody a racial slur? I think the answer is no. I think he was just, you know, being a little bit loose with a word. I, I, I don't context. think he was being malicious, but I mean, with all of this going forward, you know, there's stars like song singer songwriter Joni Mitchell and Neil Young that pulled their music from Spotify based on all of this and thinking that he's well. But hang on, but they pull based on the no, whole misinformation. COVID thing. The misinformation that's true, but this is just another lineup of you know, oh, something else being done, right? Because the whole misinformation about COVID. You know, he went on and and made a comment about that. And now Spotify has said that 
you know, the anyone that's making comments or things that are not officially with the CDC or or they put like a little disclaimer on it now. Yeah, and see that's so lame. That the whole point of podcasts is to be able to say whatever you want, right? To have a whole platform where it can be very, very open, where you don't have to deal with large censorship or large organizations. For Spotify to come out and go, okay, we're going to put a disclaimer on it. The opinions expressed in this podcast are strictly those. No, no kidding. It's a given that the opinion of a discussion show is strictly that of the host well, and his guests. Well, it really is it guests, though. Right? I mean, we look at everything today that all these. TV shows, they are opinions of these hosts and of these guests that come on them. But yet, we still have to put disclaimers, you know, that this is the opinion and don't go literally doing this. I mean, otherwise, people Caution, are going to go. coffee is hot. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, don't put detergent in your mouth. It could be harmful. Well, that's your opinion. I mean, geez, we have it to. Says you. <laughs> we literally have to cater to every aspect of everything. And what we thought podcasting was being open now feels like it's becoming more of the, I guess, the nowadays radio you, you, you know what I mean? If we're putting this censorship on there or this disclaimer type of Yeah, I mean, that's, feel. that's a real difference, though, is that it's not censorship. It is a disclaimer. Like, they're still letting them say whatever they want. And, they, and Spotify has come out and said, we don't agree with Joe Rogan's podcast from what he says, but he's allowed to say it. So they haven't censored him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, which I think is great, actually. That, but, like, kudos to Spotify for that. But frankly. also, you know, when you're Joe Rogan, when you have 11 million downloads an episode, like, people believe what you say. Because you are in that position. Absolutely. Yeah, you just no. be a little bit careful. But there are, there are also, you know, it's so easy to take little sound bites and little clips and make something look a whole lot worse than it really, really is. No host of any show can control that. No, I, no, right? I agree with you. I, absolutely not. There's always going to be someone that's going to be spinning it for their view. I mean, it's just how it's going to be. And, and that's, that's not new. We're not, th that's not like breaking ground here. That's been going on since there was radio or whatever. Back in the seventies, it was about music, right? In the sixties about music In the eighties, it became about music and TV shows. Then it became about cartoons like Beavis and Butthead and South Park, right? Kids that were doing stupid things and blaming it on the shows. Then it became about Jackass and CKY and which Jackass movies. is another movie coming out, actually. <laughs> Jackass lives on. <laughs> Isn't that a great big middle finger to the entire world? <laughs> but it's like, do you know how much money we're going to make off this? This they, is hilarious. Not only, that, not only that, they have recruited a, a new group of people for, yes. for Jackass. Yes. yes, Degrassi, the next generation. Exactly. Yes, it's, it's absolutely. They're doing... It, they're they doing are setting the themselves up. Jackass. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, they yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they've got newbies. They got newbies, yeah. and they're, oh, my word. It's, it's. This must live on. If we're looking the for a cure for COVID, I don't understand why we're not starting with Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O. The fact that they're still alive is a miracle of science. <laughs> That's true. We should, we should ask. It's I, true. I mean, they are, they are like Bruce Willis and Unbreakable. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like there's something going on here. Every day I wake up feeling like. Samuel Jackson in that movie. I'm just Mr. Glass. Just <laughs> <laughs> One wrong step. Oh, that's it. It's wraps for me. I'm Dunyan rings. Um, no, I, I, I think that's fine. I, I'm more with the whole COVID thing and Joe Rogan uh, before we jump off of this. I'm a big pro vaccination person. So is he, but I don't think you should be spouting things when you're not coming, when it's not direct information from you on a medical standpoint on something of this magnitude. So I agree that he needed to say that um, when we were talking about, he needed to go out and say that 
clarify that he is not someone that, you know, where his information is coming from is his opinion, not from these researchers or anything else, because there's a lot of people that will take anything for granted. And I think when you're dealing with a medical issue and a pandemic, it's very different versus a pop culture reference or, uh, you know, a racial issue or something like that. Something easy to think about, you know, the way that Joe Rogan should have thought about it is like, if you ever have a question of like, should I say something? You probably shouldn't. Like if you have to question yourself, there's probably a reason why. And the thing is, is that there's no real good excuse. And to Joe Rogan, uh, you know, you can put out an apology video, but put your money where your mouth is, you know? This is the apology that was uh, put out there. It said, or at least the the comment about the misinformation. Uh, he quotes, I'm not trying to promote misinformation. I'm not trying to be controversial. I've never tried to do anything with this podcast other than just talk to people and have interesting conversations, end quote. Well, I, I, do, I do take one uh, issue with that statement. The statement of I'm not trying to do anything controversial is complete bullshit. Yes. Right. I think we can all agree with that. That's what he, that's, what he that's, that's how, exactly. yeah, that's how he gets his listeners. That is his podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, I think that went a little bit far and I think that if he's going to kind of promote himself as being just an honest, you know, I'm looking for a good conversation kind of guy that he needs to put his money with his mouth is like you said, and not say things like that because that's just ridiculous. Right. What he should be saying is of course it's controversial. We want to have controversial opinions on the show. That's what people are interested in hearing, but okay, maybe I can do a better job about being a little more balanced bring in an alternative opinion and that's exactly what i was going to say too is like if you're going to bring on um you know if you're going to bring on some guy who's going to tell you about ivermectin you should bring on someone who works in the medical field who can tell you maybe not right don't eat horse pills yeah or at least have a debate about it yeah right? um, which i which i do think was part of his recent statements he said he's going to try to do that and i think that'd be good for him and good for spotify it'd be good for podcasters in general right it teaches people good journalism which effectively He's actually being touted recently by major networks as becoming one of the better journalists out there. So if he's going to have that, you know, kind of chip on his shoulder, you got to pony up. Uh, first, Joe, first Joe Rogan is like top journalist next to Mike Tyson. You know, I mean, come on, man. I mean, what, I mean <laughs> yeah, Tyson used to take the horse pills for fun. <laughs> I just lost a bet. So. I, I, I have got I've got nothing against anybody that's doing what they want to do and, you know, go for it. Right. But. I, if we're going to, as a society, you know, call Joe Rogan, a journalist, a journalist. <laughs> I, I don't know. There, there's something that just sounds off there. Yeah, I agree. Tyson, Tyson for president. You know, there we go. I also, I also, Joe Rogan, if you're listening, I've got a bone to pick with you that has nothing to do with this. I happened to come across one of your Elon Musk episodes recently, and I was watching the YouTube clips of it. There is no way that man had never smoked weed before. That was nonsense. <laughs> you should not be. Elon Musk was like, oh, that's interesting. What is that like? It's like, listen, guy. <laughs> how, yeah. do, how do you think he came up with the concept of yeah. SpaceX? Yeah. Or <laughs> naming his kid. Uh, that, that's true. <laughs> Just yeah. gave up writing letters. <laughs> you know, it's a good idea. Ugh, elvish. <laughs> yeah. I'll sleep on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> his right cheek was on X like the whole time. It's like I'm pissed we had to remove <laughs> that, that question. Mark? Yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay, segment two is we're going to talk about the AR and VR of the future going on right now because there's a lot more, and and I didn't even realize it. I I, I guess I live a little bit out of the VR AR world. There's more out there than I really expected, and I did an experience the other night that it was a space experience called the infinite and it's 
in Houston right now, but it will be touring. I highly recommend it. But it's basically putting on VR goggles and doing a space tour of the International Space Station. And it was the coolest thing I'd ever done. And I'm sitting there just immersed in all of this in awe. And do we think that this is going to be the movie-going experience going forward? Is this going to replace 3D IMAX stuff? Possibly. The thing is, is that it's something that people need to think about is the, the movie theater experience has been changing anyway, right? It's, you know, a lot of people say it's dying off in the way that it currently exists, which I agree. Steven Spielberg actually talked about how the theater going experience should be more like a night at the theater, at the theater. Um, you know, you, it, it needs to be an event, um, which something like that warrants that. And it, that is something that's closer to an experience. Uh, but also, why, why would you have to go out to do that anywhere? You could sit on your couch at home and be in a theater with 200 other people, you know, all, all in remotely. Just cut out the middleman of going to the theater and have the theater in your headset. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I think that I think we're gonna we're gonna see it on many different levels, many different tiers. Yes, there will be events that are gonna be all VR or heavily AR supported and supplemented for sure. But do I I don't think they're gonna replace all theater or theater going experiences. I think you're still gonna have your you know, just like when 3D was a thing, it was never really well, took off, but it was still your what's old is new again. Anyway. So they won't get rid of just regular films and and watching a movie on the screen. I I, I don't think it's going to completely erase it, but the the idea that we're moving away from the headsets anyway, and they're trying to develop the glasses and things that are not quite so big. You there's know, it, yeah, there's certainly it kind of lends itself to to believe that we're going to be in that type of environment going forward. There's certainly a, a technological race going on for this. It's very clear, right? Apple's made it clear. Obviously, Facebook has, has put the metaverse. The, yeah, they yeah. bet the whole the whole farm on it, right? I, yeah, they did. They're all in. But, <laughs> and now they're all out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But look, at, look at Google, right? With Google, Google Glass. I mean, maybe it was too early or maybe it's just that we don't want that kind of pain in the neck technology to have to deal with no matter how small you can make it if it's still something you have to put on and take off and deal with charging and all that it might just be a bit too much oh we say that and we have apple watches on. that was my first thought was an apple watch but but you know it's it's not something that's it, that's literally out of sight out of mind google glass was right on your face that's right. a, oh that's a good point i mean I, I i can see that that you're sitting there and 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 when they're pushing it visually when you have to see it whether you don't have no choice, you're going to see it whether you want to or not. I guess that does make a, a little bit of a difference. The first thing that we're going to see is big studios like Disney Marvel. They're going to jump on this. They're going to go, okay, we don't need to release you know, a feature-length film that deals with a virtual reality experience. There's no point. What we can do is we can give supplemental content that you have to pay for that anybody who has like an Oculus Rift, let's say, can have Doctor Strange sitting at the table with them for an experience. Of course people are going to buy that. It's it's another revenue stream that can be coming in while they're still pushing out feature length films. Yeah, so the idea that you're talking about is in, as opposed to a replacement, it's a supplement. It's a, so it's a bonus bonus material yeah. basically. Yeah, I think instead so. of the, instead of the DVD extra interviews, you're getting the VR <laughs> experience I, I think at so. home. But you know Brian, I I've done the infinite experience as well and will I know you haven't had a chance to experience this yet, but one of the things that really struck me was how effortless 
the technology really was once it was on. It's cumbersome. You have big goggles, all of that. You've got headphones. It can be weird. They can be pinchy. They can I, be I didn't feel like I was wearing something well, personally. That was the thing. I, I thought I would. I thought I would this massive thing on my face. Right. Once you got into the experience, it became very effortless. And something that I'm a terrible geek, I should have thought of and never did, was the way they pulled that off was they have a camera in the front of these goggles that's feeding images back into the system. Right, you can see people that are around you. They don't look like people, they look like silhouettes of people and they did this cool starry thing with them, but you're grounded, you're connected to people there. I don't know, because I mean, virtual reality, just what it is, virtual reality, it's not real. We're not talking about augmented reality necessarily. It's supposed to be fantasy, it's not supposed to be real. So you're supposed to be able to put yourself in any of those situations that's not real. Yeah. So for me, that didn't necessarily, I, I thought it was cool how they did it. I absolutely thought it was really neat because then you'd be running into people all over the place. There's that too. You know, or, you know, I like we we talked about, I'd love to be one of the workers just watching people, you know, randomly swinging their hands out. And, oh, that's, you, you know, like being the DJ at one of those silent yeah. discos. Yeah. Where everybody's got like the, the, the big headphones on. They're just dancing their hearts out to nothing. Have you ever done a silent disco? I've worked a silent disco. So when I was living in New York, I, I worked as a caterer and one of the parties that we did was a silent disco. Oh um, my word! Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's gonna be so awesome. Did, did everyone get into it? Is like, did they really get into it, or was it just kind of like a novelty thing? No, I think it was. I, I think it worked the same way as like a regular dance or party would, right? Like you've got your go getters, you've got your party starters who are gonna be the first ones who are like, "I'm listening to the Green Station, the Green Station guys," <laughs> and they start dancing, <laughs> dancing away, and everybody's like, ah, "That looks kind of fun," and then they get into it. Every every party needs a starter, um, and and including silent discos. They they had people who, who who did that for them as well. I love that. Were you always were you the starter? No, absolutely not. No, um, no. But I was an early joiner. I can say that. Okay. Yeah, I was. I was. You like a, you saw. You're like this is gonna be hot. It's gonna be. This is gonna be trendy. I'm. Yeah. I'm let me get in on this before. And then like when it, once everyone's there, you're like, nah, guys, it's it's dead. I'm not brave <laughs> enough to be patient zero, but I'm. I'm. I'll definitely be on that first train in. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sharks didn't need him yet. I'm in splash. <laughs> oh, they're getting angry. Oh, it looks dangerous. Let's get out. I'm out. <laughs> so so in in that silent disco that you worked, did you have a like a one or a small group of people that were way over the top too much with it that are like fucking out there just going crazy ape arms i was kind of oh fuck you know it's that guy oh i don't think it's over like too much like yeah have as much fun as you want go yeah, for it no such thing yeah right? oh yeah if anything like people were like jealous of those people you know because they were like man they're really in the moment like well yeah and you can't you can't really say they they don't have rhythm because <laughs> if you don't have headphones on they could be listening to something completely different you know what I mean? So it's, it's always like, man, what's he dancing to? He must be in the blue channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I want to see some guy out there in the middle of the silent disco with nothing on. Just <laughs> just going hard. Like <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. He brought his own music. Even. You, you know like, what? Joe Rogan told him that, <laughs> that silent discos without headphones were a thing. There you go. He believed it. <laughs> Jumped right on board. Joe got him on board right away. <laughs> Jumped right on board. When I saw the presentation when Meta announced the name change from Facebook to Meta and they did the whole, oh, you're going to have a meeting and like, you know, John, the IT guy looks like a robot today. No, that's never, ever going to happen. Nobody in business is going to bother goggling up to be like, hey, let's make these TPS reports more spicy and more fun. <laughs> and the accountant is just a giant dragon. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I'll, yeah. I'll get them right for you right away <laughs> samantha you're a wizard today I need your amazing. receipts 
Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that would be a great new way to get your employees to get stuff done. You just scared the shit out of them, like their worst fear. <laughs> just show up as somebody that just scares the crap out of them, <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, yes, I'll get it done." That'd be so bad. I've had enough general managers in my day to know that just would not work. <laughs> That's scary enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice outfit, Ron. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Do you think there's going to be a problem in the future with celebrities having to lawyer up and be? very clear about what they're willing uh, to have studios do with them in a VR. Yes. So that's actually a really huge thing that's even going on right now um, with deep fakes. So deep fakes, I mean, if you think about like the Marvel studios, right, they've got full scans of every single one of their actors because they've got all of them in CGI doing, doing, you know, flying or, or, you know, crushing buildings and all that stuff. Right. They, they have these actors likenesses encapsulated. And they could make them do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, that's kind of scary, right? Because you think about if, you, if you're... You There's know, some dirty people out there that would, you know, that could use some very nasty... Ryan, why sure. do you immediately go there? Oh. <laughs> There's that guilt again. There's that guilt again. I'm just, I, I say, like, I didn't mean it like that, but now, yes, okay. But I'm just saying, like, black market type of stuff. Like, they would create, you know, all kinds of ways to use their well, sure. image. Black market is and, one thing. I mean, already you, know, like you brought deep fakes. I mean, the pornography industry, this is a big problem for a lot of these celebrities and things like that. They put cease and desist out all the time. But I'm thinking more of, okay, you are Chris Evans or Scarlett Johansson, who, just take Marvel people, right? Whomever. And all of a sudden, VR, augmented reality becomes a thing and Disney wants you to be able to interact, have a dinner with Scarlett Johansson and like make her converse with you. Like, at what point do you have to lawyer up as a celebrity? Go, no, no, I, I never agreed to, for somebody to live out like a fantasy with me in their living room, even if it's something as innocent as just sitting down to tea. Or I never I mean, agreed to that. Uh, on top of that, it's like, hey, uh, hey, uh, Chris Evans, yeah, we know you're done with Captain America, but uh, we want to do one more. And he goes, no. And they're like, all right, well, we'll just use a CG version of you. We'll just use a deep fake. Yeah, it's getting close. Right? They're already doing that with the the Boba Fett show and Mandalorian and all yeah. that. With all the yeah, with Mark and Hamill and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, Even the voice is incredible, how they were to de-age the voice. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, night and day from what from the first time they did it. Indeed. So it looks we, well, incredible. It, it really shows how quickly it's evolving. I know. And, and you know, and, and that, well, you actually bring up a good point with that because with all this AR and, and stuff like that, are do you feel more actors are going to be losing out jobs? The hope is no. Um, but also you have to remember that any corporation is built to make money. So whatever will make them the most money, eventually, that's what they'll do. It's not, you, you can't assume that your corporations are going to be moral. Yeah, yeah that's just not, that's just not what they're built for. Uh, well, augmented reality, though, should be, at least should potentially be a good boon for stage actors. Augmented reality thinking, could really help see, theater see, quite a bit. And I was actually thinking about like a VR, you, you know, we were talking about like VR theaters. Broadway is not something that, it's, it's difficult to make money, right? It's difficult for theater to make money uh, because it's a very expensive endeavor uh, and you are landlocked to, you know, a few square blocks in New York City for Broadway, right? You, you, you have the tours, Broadway Across America, um, which are great. The thing is, is that, you know, anybody can make a movie, throw it on Amazon, throw it on Netflix, throw it on iTunes, right? And, and you can sit down and you can watch that in your living room. There is no option like that for theater. Um, so I think that uh, like a VR theater experience would be incredible. Yeah, because you, I could see that. Because it opens up avenues of of income for these productions and these performers 
uh, anywhere they are. Um, you know, and yeah, and, it's a any, good point. I'm, I'm surprised they're not already doing that. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're t- taking the first step right now with some of these TV productions of yeah. their performances, and 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 make. I'm being very clear. Productions are TV production performances are different from recreation or movies. You know, yeah, but VR so. can help solve that. To your point, because yeah. one of the problem with the whole TV reproduction is you're stuck with camera one, camera two. You're stuck at fixed a- angles, and you have to deal with cuts and and, and changes in angles. Right? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, you've got a live production of Hamilton, right, on on Disney Plus. Uh, that's not one take, right? That's that's uh, that's probably from multiple performances. And the thing is, is that it, it obviously it's live, but it's the best version of that live performance. It's not, you know, the the beauty of live theater isn't necessarily there in its entirety so why not you got a seven o'clock showing of 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 company right on 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 broadway you sit down you put your your headset on you got your headphones on and right live stream you, it straight and you to watch Patty lapone on this vr stage my word you ma- imagine how much money they actually would make on yeah, that because I, I, you, not only now you're not landlocked to you like you're saying exactly like a thousand seats you can give like 11 million yeah, seats. exactly it's, it's a self-destructing path pass you only get one login for that performance that's absolutely it. just like you're going to the theater if you mm-hmm. miss it you miss it's it your, it's your quote-unquote ticket and that's it and 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 broadway needs to be um this is a conversation I've been having a lot recently with a lot of people is that Broadway needs to be a, a term, not a place. You know, it, it needs to be something that is accessible to people all over the place because, you know, uh, all this talk recently with, you know, with, with COVID and uh, did you guys hear about the, what is it? The president of the, uh, of actors equity, like talking about, no, at least talk, I didn't talking about uh, shows having to be postponed and put on hold because swings weren't, you know, swings and understudies like weren't weren't ready to do these roles, or or you know, they weren't ready to take on these parts, um, and that w- was the wrong thing to say, <laughs> because the reason that so many of those shows even stayed open was because of those swings and was because of those understudies. And the thing is that when people go to a theater, they get that little insert in there. Yeah, it says in, this in person will be, they'll be played by so and so. This and they're automatically show. disappointed, as if this person who's who's the understudy is not also. A Broadway, Broadway actor, talent. exactly. You're just like, oh, I came here, you yeah. know, see Lin Manuel, no. you know, but now I'm seeing. So, and and that's and that's the part of the problem with Broadway being a place and not a term too is that it's just you're so ingrained to be like, well, it's it's one, it's yeah. one thing, it's one best part. Yeah, the um, be- the best part about that too with the whole Broadway uh, playbill insert substitution ticket is that most people that react that way didn't even know who the first actor or actress was in the first they have no they're they're just because it's broadway oh i I hear i have to go see you know saigon right miss Saigon, and then they oh bummer the leads to me yeah you didn't know know what he's been in person yeah exactly no i I, do we think okay so obviously there are upsides to the advances in vr and ar so and, and and not just in entertainment, we can look at the advances in medical and, and everything. So there's obviously a plus for it. But do we do you guys think and I'm going to pose this to you, do we lose a little bit of the human interaction or with pushing so hard for more of this technology or, you know, or are there too many pros versus the cons for us to basically do ignore it? Well, I'm going to give a bit of a of a political answer in that it you know it, we are developing technology so rapidly you know we've only been on this little rock in this little space for not that long comparatively right um so to think that we 
know what's going to happen, like good or bad, like is ridiculous. Nobody knows. You have ideas, but nobody really knows. And the thing is that you just have to be conscientious about it the whole the whole time. Everybody. The problem is that everyone has to collectively decide something really is is good or bad. Humans are funny, though. Humans are really funny. If you think about what you were talking about, what we can't predict what technology is going to do, I, I agree with that 100%. But if you also look at what's happened to entertainment, say, since the birth of television, right? television is going to kill the radio star. Well, it did. But podcasts are the fastest growing medium since the birth of television. Arguably, they're outpacing any type of, of digital media that's ever been out there. Podcasts are mostly audio. Podcasting is like the NASCAR of the sports world. Well, but, but what does it mean? <laughs> but what does it mean? It means that people are fickle, right? It means that they might go the new shiny thing, but ultimately if you put out something somebody wants to tune into, they're going to, right? Good content's going to drive an audience. Good theater is going to drive an audience. Marketing is the real trick. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, what do you guys think, our listeners? Do you think that VR and AR are going to change our society in a good way or a bad way? Or are, are you indifferent? You know, are, would you be for seeing Luke Skywalker sit next to you in a movie theater while you watched? I know I would. I, I see you getting excited. Over there. It's a little. <laughs> now, listen, there is one thing I, I forgot to talk about because I know we were talking about AR and VR experiences when we were talking about movie theaters, right? So I had an Xbox 360. There used to be a function on the Netflix application on the Xbox 360 where you could, you had your little avatar guy, right? That was your little, you know, your little person that you made yourself. You could do a watch party on Netflix. And this was like, I don't know, 10 years ago. You do like a watch party on Netflix on your Xbox with all of your friends who also had Xboxes and all your little avatars were sitting in a little theater. They were sitting in the front row of a little theater and the the movie was up on a screen. You saw the, the, the curtains on the side and, you could like do little emotes. You could throw popcorn. You could laugh. You could cry. <laughs> oh, and I had a blast with that thing. So I, I mean, and honestly, one of the more enjoyable ways I've ever watched a movie. And so I. Well, and that's I, all the rage now. Yeah, and right. I did, Apple's I, doing it. Disney's doing it. Well, okay. Parties. So I, I just noticed that I've never used the. I noticed it on Disney because I have that app, and I know it's kind of. I know we were talking about watching the new Home Alone with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We did talk about it on Christmas, and we were like, which it was. It was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. Um, but we did. We talked about using that there. But do you think it'd be the same type of experience? I think now it's just it just syncs up everything and. You know, then now you're just you're still using your phones and things like that to communicate, or is it different? I haven't used any of them yet. I mean, I mean, honestly, so my fiance is in New Hampshire right now. She's doing a show, uh, and we and we were still doing it old school. You know, it's like, uh, all right, count it down. We'll both play at the same time. <laughs> you have like an audio connection, like a FaceTime or something. Absolutely, going yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, yeah, we just literally we we throw up on the laptop. Like she throws it up on her phone, and then she'll watch on her laptop, and I'll watch on the TV. There is evidence of people getting quick fatigue over this stuff. I, I, again, 3D is a great example. 3D TVs were all the rage. Every manufacturer had to make one. I mean, it was a, it was a colossal bust. Well, and again, that, that also brings me to my point, or back to my point, I, why I think that VR and AR are on a very slippery slope. Because I, I think, like we all talked about, there's some definite positives to it, and there's some very cool things, but I don't think it's going to take off the way that... that people are assuming that it's going to take off well i think speaking to your point too about about those things bringing good things to people because you know the good things will rise to the top don't just use it for any reason if you've got a good idea or something that you think is a good idea 
go for it. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't just use it for any reason. Use it for a good reason. Well, and I think and people just use things randomly for for whatever reason just to use it. Because it's new. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same thing. You know, you look at these now foldable flip phone, the screens. Why? Why, why do we... Didn't we get rid of the... Because I like to hang up on people. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> goodbye. Snapping yeah. sound. Absolutely. Yeah. I we mean, really... Anymore. I mean... Uh, they can only so they... forcefully push an imaginary button on your screen. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> just have to make a face. Yeah, they, 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 they need to make the uh, the haptic feedback actually shock you so you feel like it's... <laughs> now, see, that's what I said. <laughs> that... Or just give me like a couple seconds of dial tone after I hang up on something. Like, let, let them hear. Oh, did you hear that? that... Mm. Yes, yes. okay. Yeah, so, so here's what we need to do. We need to all petition uh, both the Android manufacturers as well as Apple and say, okay, here's the deal. You need to have your smart assistants listening, Siri, you know, Google, whatever it is, Alexa. And if we say... I said good day. You add a dial tone at the end. <laughs> I mean, you, that's you, what we need. I, I mean, I feel like that's the problem is I feel like you could do that with a lot of phrases. <laughs> you could use a, you could have like, you'd have to almost program your own phrases in there. Oh, that'd be, that'd be pretty genius. I mean, cause you think about it, cause any, no, cause then it would turn into like it, an AM radio show where yeah. it's like, it's like, we're getting wacky in here. And it's like, woo. You just got like a soundboard yeah. for yeah, your these, phone call. These sound pads right? exactly. yeah, that's are right. the worst thing that ever happened to Brian Chambers. <laughs> So we, we, can, uh, we can relate to that on this show. No, I, I absolutely can. But but you're, <laughs> you it, you both make really good points about that. It would just I think it'd go too off the wall. I th- and can you imagine you're talking to someone and they forget that they said a phrase and it's like, yeah, I told him I, I I told him good day. You know, you're like, wait, what was the end of that story? Yeah, are we done talking? But what about the first? See, the first I mean, <laughs> the first iteration of that's gonna be awful too. It's like, honey, I have to tell you something. Dad's in the hospital, and it's like. Wap, 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 wap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, well, you know, great way to break bad news. I I, I mean, that's subjective. I mean, I would have mine set that anytime I said the phrase, it got an instant hang up with a dial tone. It also texted the person, eat shit, Bob. I just, (laughs) just no matter who they were, just eat shit, Bob. Uh, Well, what do you guys think? Let us know, Uh, you know, hit us up in the comments. Uh, But, you know, before we get Will out of here, Will, we're so glad that you were able to stop by because you are only in town for a short bit. Yes. Uh, You know, tell our listeners what you got going on, man. Oh, man, so much. We were in New York for three years, my fiance and I. One year of that was in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, So, you know. We don't count that. A little tough. (laughs) All right, so we were in New York for two years. That's the black hole (laughs) era right there. Uh, The year we don't speak of. Yeah. Uh, We were there for two years in the before times. Uh and uh, <laughs> the great before the great before yeah. well, i like that be okay before <laughs> it was, <laughs> listen it was better it's like not great fair uh, enough but uh but no so we're we're here in houston uh until this june and then come june we are going to the west coast uh turns out marianne hates the cold um she found that out the hard way um she likes bad she likes good weather so uh I hear LA has a lot of that. Yeah, I think you are in for a nice surprise <laughs> with the weather over there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You were in New York, though. You were doing a lot of projects because you're a film actor. Yes. You just stage actor as well, but you did a lot of film in New York. One that I'm excited that's coming out, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. 
Oh yeah, the new season. That's the new right. season's coming out. I still get emailed to like, hey, do you want to come work on that? Yeah, I'm like I'm, I don't live there. I'm sorry. <laughs> is there what? Uh, where should we look for you in that? Because I know you you did a couple of days shooting. Well, so I was in seasons one and two, just kind of randomly. I did background stuff, okay. uh, which uh, background actors are great. They don't get enough credit uh, because they put in very long days, just the same as everyone else. Little, little uh, love to background actors. Yeah, um, you know, and it pays the bills. You know, for for the most part, really. Uh, but, uh, no, I did like season one and two on that. Uh, I'm currently, uh, we're about to start doing recording for an animated series actually. Um, but I haven't signed my NDA yet, so I won't say anything about that, but it's a new series. So that's really exciting. Very cool. Are you allowed to, are you allowed to say what network or anything no. or no? Okay. No. So no. we, uh, we tried audience, we tried <laughs> listeners. Uh, uh, but there, I mean, I guess I could say it's about talking animals. I'll be a talking animal. So that'll be fun. There okay. You there you um, go. Is that, that, that's here in Houston. Yeah, so they're based in LA, but they're going to have uh, people who you know submitted remotely and, and got cast remotely. They're going to set them up with studios locally. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's really fun. And then, uh, yeah, and then we're off to LA in June, and then we're actually coming back in November for the wedding. That's right. You are. You've been. It feels like you've been engaged for so long. We were together for much longer. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, we uh, yeah we I mean we got engaged uh, on a road trip during the pandemic. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, so so what we did is we went and visited family down here in Texas, and then when we were driving back up to New York, uh, I chose the route for the trip. So Marianne didn't know where we were going uh, the entire time. We went to a, a lot of cool places, uh, mostly outdoor places because this was you know pre-vaccine. Yeah, I couldn't go in any, anywhere. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we went to a lot of cool places, and uh, specifically uh, the place where I proposed, we went to the Smoky Mountains. Uh, which was so gorgeous, beautiful. I, I rented us a cabin in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, we were driving up these like really shady roads, like just gravel. There's no signage. Like uh, you're just driving up the side of a mountain and we get out of the car and uh, I bought her a, a, like a Polaroid to take pictures on our trip, right? To document it. And for our listeners, I don't know what that is. That's where you take a picture and it instantly comes out of the camera. Yep. Because <laughs> I, you know, I, I would not normally have done that for our listeners, but there are people. It's what, just like, like on Bluetooth, yeah. Wi-Fi over. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this little phone in our background for our videos. Like people are like, what is that? That's a telephone. <laughs> you pick it up and you talk into it. I said good day. <laughs> I said, <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna get it like that. Uh, so, but, the, so romantic proposals. Yes, good yes, setting. Yes. So, so. Um, yeah, so we get to our cabin. It's like it's sundown. Uh, you know, it's like it's sunset there. It's it's really beautiful. We set up the camera. Um, we like pose for a picture, and then I get on one knee and I you know pop the question and everything, and uh, she says yes because uh, she got to pick out her ring beforehand. So I'm so she glad she coming. said. I'm so glad she said yes because this would have been very awkward. Absolutely, had we, you had this whole build up. <laughs> she went out and to get she, her own cabin. <laughs> you've been talking about. <laughs> And she uh, said no. Yeah. Uh, but so, and we knew that it was going to be a long engagement too, just because of the way the world is. And we were like, well, we want some sort of safety measure yeah, know, before yeah, we yeah. bring in people from all over the country and uh, to, to celebrate. Are you guys going to be doing a ceremony here? Or are you going to go to so LA or go be in, in Brenham? Actually, we're going to do it in Brenham. Ah, mm-hmm. that's exciting. Home of Bluebell. That's right. There you go. <laughs> No, I I never will forget though. Will's a, been a good friend over the years, and we we've done several projects together. So it, it's it's going to be sad to to see you actually leave again. Will's the only person that I ever could that I could have gotten to stand in line at like five a.m. with me 
Um, for at to a, at a Dick's Sporting at a Goods. Dick's Sporting Goods <laughs> to meet an Olympic, <laughs> volleyball, meet an Olympic player. volleyball beach volleyball player. Beach volleyball player. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> Walsh was the, was the Olympic athlete. You, sir, are a good friend. So it was a fun time. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, I ended up having to go buy a volleyball so she could sign it and stuff. But you know, she's super tall, but she was very sweet. But it was there was literally someone with a bald eagle when we got up there, just like in the chair next to it. You know, like. <laughs> I'm sorry, wait. But can I talk about the fact that you just said she's super tall but very sweet? Like super tall is like mm. well, then, okay. <laughs> first of all, well, that's true. <laughs> Hold up. She she was a she was t- everyone's tall to me, but. <laughs> But and it secondly, just secondly, she's a fucking beach volleyball <laughs> player. Pretty sure she's, she's tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like your your heroes, right? You get next to standing next to somebody who you don't normally think is tall, or you're like, well, you know they're tall, but then when you really stand next to them, you're like, holy crap, you're yeah. It's like any basketball player, yeah, they all exactly. look the same size on the court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you stand right next to them, you're just looking directly yeah, right, right at belt, right their belt buckle. Yeah, exactly. Right. Even at my height, it's right their belt buckle. It's, it's usually creepy. actors that are always shorter. It's always athletes that are taller. Actors are always shorter. Oh man, <laughs> I deal with that problem so much when I film things. If I'm in frame and like normally the girl, like whatever girl or even person, like any person that I'm opposite is always like. I don't know, like six inches shorter than me at least. And they'll like set up the shot and they'll be like, Ugh. they'll just, st- they'll just roll it, roll the camera back. Listen, how, listen, how Ray, I need to reframe this. How, how tall are you? I'm six one. You're six one. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a couple inches on you. And yeah. yeah. I have the same. It's, it's awkward, man. It's really, uh, a lot of I've, I've done a lot of around. acting work in a long time, but yeah, it was always very, very difficult. No. So, Oh, sorry. Go for it. Well, I want to get back to the... So you're engaged. You're going to have the wedding here in November. Mm-hmm. You're heading out to LA in June. Yes, because I didn't want to... I didn't want to do a cross-country move after after preparing a wedding. Like, I didn't want to... I didn't want to do all of that and then and then get up. Yeah, and fair go. enough. I wanted to be able to come home when I was... Fair enough. So know. do either of you have set work out there or you're just going to live so the dream I, and find I, the work? I mean, uh, you know, we do the actor work like in that I, I work at a restaurant um, and there's a it's a chain restaurant that there's one out in LA. It's actually right, right by Staples center there. Um, so that's where I'll be headed. Perfect. Um, but, but so you, one, so you yeah. have something already cut, set up and then you can go on. With and then at that point it'll stuff. be acting work. Yeah. It, it's like I said, it's, it's really, as soon as I'm out there, that's when they'll hire me. And I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a SAG actor too. So you can always find it, especially in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say there's there's not a shortage of, of film work out no, that way. No, um, there's probably actually probably more out in LA than there is in New York at there that point. There is, there is. It's it's the difference of, it's the difference of you know big pond many fish or little pond few fish. It's you know it's like the 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 competition's sort of the same in that yes there are fewer projects but there are also fewer people. So in, in LA. You have an abundance of projects. You have an abundance of people. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of a wash. Okay. Have you worked with anybody really cool or had any really great experiences on set as a, sure. as a SAG actor? Yeah, absolutely. I've met a ton of really nice people. Um, I don't. I can't think of anybody that I've ever met that actually hasn't been at least, like, polite, you know? Uh, anybody you know? that surprised you? Hmm. Let me think. Oh, Alex Borstein is, like, four foot ten. Alex Borstein and and Midge actually the uh, Rachel Brosnahan they're both mm-hmm. like they're both like five foot maybe oh wow so they're both incredibly tiny so it's like they, like they're standing next to each other all the time they look you know they're they're comparable to each other but like standing next to anyone else they're like you know up to your hip oh my gosh and Zach Levi was on set with yes. him and he's oh, he's man. incredibly tall he was a, <laughs> that man is a giant uh, it doesn't help that they had him in like a like a like a 
a time period suit. Yeah, that exactly. Just made them look like a box. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but what's funny too is I'm a big Zachary Levi fan, right? And I, we were I, we were filming on set that day, and we were in some deli scene, and they have this guy coming in to meet with Midge, and uh, like I don't look up from my matzo ball soup once, right? I have this fake matzo ball soup that I've had in front of me. I'm not going to eat it because it's been cold for five hours. <laughs> You're not one of those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Take another bite. No, thank you. Uh, but like we're there. We're literally like four or five hours into the day. And then I he walks by me every single take. And like I don't even look up. And then I look up and I was like, oh, my God, that's Zachary Levi. <laughs> uh, he was actually really nice. He Would he, you like some soup? Yeah. <laughs> matzo ball soup. Matzo ball soup. <laughs> Uh, but he was actually really nice. He he actually came and ate uh, lunch with uh, the background actors. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, he sat down with us, and not everybody does that. And I don't I don't fault anybody for doing that because a lot of people are going to hassle people who do stuff like that, even even in a professional environment. You, you know, some people yeah, I mean, fanning a little bit. Yeah, yeah. As I, I, I say, that you, I'm I imagine that you a lot of those guys get hassled regardless. Yeah, you know, even even for people that are SAG actors and are ex, you know they expect to see people in the industry working you know like that there's always that one icon that you see and you're just like oh god i want to say something no should i say it? you know <laughs> okay so I got, i've got a question for you both you've done these film projects you've done you've done big tv is that taboo like is it taboo yes. to go up you, you don't say, i love your work right nothing yep. right no. you just 100 not unless not unless they engage with you yes uh, if it's if it's part if it's something to do with what you're with work with what you're about to do you're good or if they engage with you. It's like talking to a cat. Like, you have to let it come to you. Yeah. It's the same thing. What do you do if you receive a compliment from someone that's crazy famous? It's along the lines of, oh, I've seen your stuff. I really like it. You're like, I like yours too. You know? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I, kind of how I would react so, right there. <laughs> so, I've, so I met Richard Dreyfus one time. Uh, but I was at a convention with him for four days. And I just happened to be, like, I he had this, like, manager she looked like Reba McIntyre. She looked like a tiny Reba McIntyre. And she would just give the dagger eyes to anybody who even looked in his direction the entire time we were there. Even the other celebrities who were there were like, man, I haven't been able to talk to Richard Dreyfus yet. <laughs> <laughs> that manager, she really keeps him at arm's length. She's a little honey badger. Yeah, just like truly, <laughs> truly. And uh, and it's like, it's the last day of the convention. I'm in the green room. I was doing... I was doing like some makeup stuff with a friend. He he's a special effects makeup artist. We were doing like a, a like a makeup panel thing that was really cool. It's like the last day of the convention. I'm in the I'm in the green room alone eating lunch. I just that's just happened to be when I could get my lunch. And he comes in. It's literally him and the little honey his, badger. And, and, yes, it's him <laughs> and honey badger. And I was like, well, it's the final day. You know, I'm not going to get another opportunity. So I like eat my lunch and he's talking on the phone with his wife. Well, she's talking on the phone with his wife, like for him. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that's what assistants are for, right? Yeah. She, well, that's just, I think it was his manager. Or something. Oh, like, they go. were obviously friends too. Richard says a car <laughs> registration is expiring this month. You take care of it. Yeah. yeah well, exactly. it was literally uh, like, you know, she's like talking to the, to his wife and she's like, she's asking what you're wearing. He's like, what am I wearing? He's like, a smile and some fuck me pearls. <laughs> and he looks at me and I'm just like, I just crack a smile. I can't help. Like I'm obviously listening and we're the only three people in the entire room. So he sees me smile at it and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to be cool about it. And so like I'm getting up to go and I just like, I don't know. And she, she, I don't know. She averts her gaze for just a moment. 
Uh, cause she has, it's like, you know, it's like deer in the headlights. Like she locks you in and you can't move. Um, so she <laughs> must've averted her gaze for a moment. So I step up and I was like, Mitchell Dreyfus, I'm, I just want to let you know, I'm a really huge fan. Uh, you know, I love all these movies and I'm like, well, a goodbye girl. And you know, uh, Mr. Holland's opus and all that. And he goes, he goes, thank you. You have great taste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was my, and that was when I got to meet Richard Dreyfus. And like That's I said, awesome. there were, there were other actors there who were like, man, I still haven't gotten to talk to Richard Dreyfus. He's so there you go. You were one of the few, one, one of the, the few. few. So you broke, you broke the rule. You broke the rule just to, for a second. Yep. You saw your shot. You took it. I, I can understand how some celebrities have handlers and things like that, like Richard Travis and who is an ultra famous multi-award winning. Yeah. Actor. yeah. I mean, I can understand that people, they, they need that. They need to set those boundaries. So for I mean, sure. it's, you know, but I think it's cool that you get to experience some of seeing that at, at close range. So, because I think it's beneficial for actors to see that and understand the ethics of when filming and working with films. That, that's why I asked. Yeah, I mean, gen yeah. genuine curiosity. Like, yeah. what is well, the and actual? It's also, I think the worst case scenario. So it's not necessarily like obviously you just don't want to bother people, but at the same time, if someone's like in their process or like really, you know, trying to memorize their lines or or doing anything, like if you step into that, like then then you're 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 messing with everybody's day. You're messing with that whole production. Um, so it's just something to kind of think about. And you see like, you know, when you're on a set and you see like somebody who's maybe there for their first time in the background or something, they'll have that urge. Um, and sometimes they will act on it and it's always frowned upon just because you don't know where that actor is, you know, so do you get, do you get like, do you get like the whole, like the whole room freeze and go, Oh no, that dude's about to do it. He's so <laughs> right. to do it. For the most part, I think we're all pretty good in that. We're like, just don't like, just, yeah. just, you just, you just grab him. It's like craft services, get some Cheez-Its, just, <laughs> just cool off, bro. I'm picturing like the old timer, you know, listen, kid, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Yeah. Well, we are so glad that you were able to stop by and we hope that you have any other projects you have coming up. You, you know, let us know so we can uh, help promote those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, be sure, sure once you have the ND sign, be sure to let us know what the new project will be. Yeah. We'll yeah. Well, we'll, yeah. Once there's announcements, I'll, I'll shoot them your way. Absolutely. We'll you know, before we say goodbye to our listeners, I do want to remind everybody. That Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page, or you can email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. Okay, so before we get out of here, you know, we always have our episodes end with a little bit of neighborly advice. And we like to know, you know, our, our listeners get to hear a lot of advice from us, but we always love to hear advice from our neighbors and guests themselves. So, Will, I'm going to ask you, do you have any neighborly advice to give? Uh, sure. Yeah, of course. Um, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best one yet. Um but truly, though, um, I, to get, a, I guess, a little more serious and that everybody is your neighbor. Um, you know, they're all coming from different places and they all feel the same things that you feel. So, you know, just uh, come at every conversation with that understanding. Yeah. And also, if you're a background actor, don't. Do not talk to the principals. Don't talk to the principals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
They're not your neighbor. They're not your neighbor. <laughs> you should knock for that. <laughs> I like that, man. I appreciate it. We actually have that philosophy here on the show. We believe that everyone that comes in here is our neighbor, wherever they hail from, uh, even for remote guests and remote interviews. So thank you so much for the advice. Absolutely. It's been time. a pleasure, gentlemen. Yeah, we've been thrilled to have you. You are always welcome back here, whether you're remote or in person, but we lo always love having people in studio. But if you guys are wanting to hear more neighbors and great interviews and conversations like we had today with Will, go back and check out other episodes from our past three seasons or this season. And we have more coming. Indeed. Be sure to check out our social media as well as our YouTube channel. The only thing you won't find is virtual reality. That's right. Maybe. Coming coming soon? I don't know. Teaser. I know, right? No, definitely, definitely don't just check out. Leave us a comment and let us know. And stop by every Friday for new episodes. Peace. Out. Eat shit, Bob.